the Unarmed Forces podcast. This is Griff, and today I'm here uh, with fellow Ranger Brandon Young, Director of Development at Team RWB, but more notably, we know him as an author on the Havoc Journal. Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Griff. Appreciate you having me. It's uh, definitely an honor. Well, we're honored to have you as well. Um, there's going to be a lot of like bro, bromance, man crush going on back and forth here. <laughs> Mutual <laughs> just admiration. Just let it happen, everybody. Yeah, just let it happen. Just be comfortable with it. Um, so Brandon and I served uh, Second Ranger Battalion roughly the same time, different companies. And then we, we've gotten out and ran into each other a bunch. And I'm, I'm super excited to... You know, to get you guys to introduce you to him here because I think he's providing a lot of contribution not only through Team RWB but specifically with his, with his mindset and uh, and words through Havoc Journal. So if you haven't read his articles, please go to Havoc Journal, search Brandon Young, and you can check him out. There's two or three really good ones on there that should resonate with any of the the warfighters or or service members that are out there. So, Brandon, the question as we always start is, how did you get started on this on this literary adventure that you're on? Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, you know, kind of walking a little bit into who I am. I, uh, I grew up in the Bay Area, California, joined the Army uh, right after high school. And, you know, after doing all the prereqs, I uh, was fortunate enough to get assigned to the 2nd Ranger Battalion. So ended up serving 11 years, um, went from private to sergeant first class in the 75th Ranger Regiment, spent nine of my 11 years there. Um, and then after that, got out and um, after that, with uh, four rotations overseas to Afghanistan, I found my way out into the private sector, uh, spent some time as a uh, medical sales rep in cancer diagnostics and worked my way up to a uh, sales director. And uh, how I found myself, you know, getting into this adventure kind of starts with how I found myself at uh, Team Red, White and Blue. And so, you know, after, after leaving service for about five years, and, you know, really kind of putting my arms up, you know, or my hand out and saying like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to go a different direction and putting some distance in between my service and me. I, I, I felt this uh, desire or this this uh, this need to, to kind of reconnect with, you know, that that heritage, uh, you know, of, of service. And so um, I was actually in this process of trying to figure out, like, you know, what's my next step going to be? I, I, I was I was doing really well at this. Um, you know, laboratory company and, you know, it was great, but I just, I just wasn't happy. I felt like something was missing. And so, um, so anyways, I found myself uh, at team red, white, and blue uh, fortunate enough to uh, work as a director of development. And as I, as I started to spend more time, um, you know, working on veteran related matters and, and really reimmersing myself in the, in the veterans culture, um, the, the, the truth is, is that I, I started to feel this tension uh, again mounting inside of me and this this tension between what what I felt inside and what my experience was and, and what I was observing. And, you know, we live in such a soundbite and social media you know world. You, you really you, you can hide nowhere. And the, the constant feed and stream of you know, uh, perspectives out there. And I just, after a while, I felt this big tension. Um, and, and I felt like there was a lot of themes that started emerging, uh, that were really kind of put on my heart. And, you know, really the, the things that I, that I end up writing about, uh, are, are basically things that I feel are, are put on my heart or things that I feel like maybe 
maybe I'm struggling with this and, you know, maybe there's somebody else out there who probably feels just like I do. It's, it's undoubted that others feel the way I do. And the more conversations that I'd have with people, the more I felt like what we were coming to was this, you know, common understanding. And, and when, when we were giving people the opportunity to, you know, kind of be seen and, you know, really understand that, you know, you're a human being and, and we're all struggling and, and that's okay. Um, I really felt like what ended up happening is that more and more these opportunities kept coming to me and, and more and more I started pouring my thoughts down onto paper um, and, and kind of the mega themes that are themes that are really after my heart are matters that deal with identity and belonging and isolation and forgiveness, acceptance, grace, and hope, and, and all of these things that I feel that, that we as, you know, human beings deal with. But, you know, if you, if you kind of slice down the population to that, you know, very small, you know, percentage of veterans, I, I feel experience this at, at even an accelerated rate. And so I started, you know, writing and put my thoughts out there and was, you know, very fortunate to have opportunities to work with uh, guys like Marty Scovland, um, I contributed a, a little bit to Violence of Action, a uh, book that Marty put out. Uh, and then by virtue of that, just, you know, really quite a blessing to have an open invite to be able to participate with the Havoc Journal and, and put something out there when it, uh, you know, when, when it really resonates and when I think it's necessary. Yeah, that the, uh, the, the one article that you wrote was the Isolation of Relationships After the Military, or Ranger Speaks. That was a, a fantastic yeah. read, which when I, which actually kind of led us to, to being together because I, uh, or to meeting again, because okay, you had that line in there that you don't have to be cared, uh, you don't have to be understood to be cared about, right? And I think it's something a lot of us really struggle with is there's no possible way that people could understand what we're dealing with, right? And we, yeah. we associate them not understanding with not caring. But that's not true. People mm-hmm. still love you and they still care about you. They're, they're never going to understand, you know, what's going on. But, you know, you have to provide a little grace and forgiveness for that and just know that, like, they care about you. And that's really all that matters. Right. And hundred uh, percent. Yeah. And I shared that with uh, with Sarah from Strong for Veterans. And that's how she invited you out for that Nike event where we we ran into an auditorium. <laughs> and then I started quoting lines from your article back to you. And you're like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm Brandon Young. Like, oh. <laughs> I'm like it's nice to meet you. I was like, wait a minute, like we served together. <laughs> like, wow, this is mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, awesome. no, I, I I appreciate that, man. And and that honestly, right there, Griff is like, you know, that that's an indicator of the of the power of of connection and the power of of vulnerability. Quite frankly, um, you know, like the the ability to kind of you know show up and be seen, right? And and to say like, hey, look here's what I'm dealing with. And I guarantee I'm not the only one that's dealing with it. And then, you know, that jumps into getting face to face with somebody who you served with, you know, way back when shared experiences, you know, all the way from, you know, the ranger experience to, you know, the, the lovely, you know, thing we all call winter strike back in 2003. And then now here we are, you know, two and a half years later and, you know, I'm on your podcast of all things. And it's, to me, it's a sentiment. It's the story of connection and it's the story about the good things that can come when you have a willingness, you know, to be seen. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, I think it's t- especially tough when you talk about being seen to come out of our community where you're told not to say anything, not to be seen, you know, quiet professional. When, and then you wrote another article about that uh, that recently came out, and you, you kind of actually have to stand up. You have to be seen if you want to help all the other guys who you know are going through the same challenges you are. So Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, you know, and that's really one of the biggest challenges for me or what has been the biggest challenge for me is every day in some manner of fashion fighting the conditioning and the culture that I, you know, both grew up in, but also embraced and then also enforced as a senior non-commissioned officer in the Ranger Regiment. And, you know, I felt it was very important, you know, going back to, you know, some other pieces that I've written in that article you just alluded to, um, you know, talking a lot about, hey, look, here's a message from your RIP instructor. Like, hey, I'm, I, I was one of the guys that was part of the training and conditioning and leadership and assessment and selection process. Like I, I get it. And, you know, I'm dealing with it just like you are. And so, you know, that, that, that has been a real big struggle for me because to be perfectly frank with you, you know, I sat back and this whole journey has been one where, you know, I say all the time, like in, in the end of the day, if, if the only people that ever know my name on this planet are my kids and my wife, then I'll be just fine. You know, like it, it's about, it's about, you know, the mission, it's about people, it's about, you know, doing things that make an impact. It's not about me. Um, but in order to deliver, you know, a message that you feel is so important to encourage your brothers and sisters to also, you know, have the willingness to kind of take off their armor, you have to be seen, you have to step out. And it's something that I really struggle with because, you know, I just, I don't really want to, you know, be, you know, the guy, so to speak. I, I just, I just want to be a part of the team. And, and that's something that I do wrestle with. Well, it's just going to lead us into our next challenge. Or our next question is, is what are the challenges that you had, you know, becoming a writer and then, and talking about these things? Yeah. And it, I mean, and that's, and that's exactly it right there. It's, it's the challenges, you know, to be, to be willing to be vulnerable with others, to be willing to, you know, not only be seen, but to see others and, you know, to walk with the voiceless in many, in many cases. I can't tell you how many very personal, at times gut-wrenching, you know, IMs or, you know, phone calls or text messages that I've received as a, as a follow on to some of, you know, the things that I've put out there, but, you know, it's, it starts with, you know, me being, me being candid enough to say like, guys, I'm, you know, I'm having a hard time with this too. And, and, you know, the, the biggest challenge for me was to be able to share what was really going on in my head and my heart and, and to, as a part of that process also have the courage to say, yeah, I, I actually need some help. Yeah. I need, I need to get some things taken care of. I got to do some things differently because what I want and where I'm going, if I do, if I do the things that I'm doing right now, it's not going to help me get to where I want to go. And the ability to, you know, make peace, frankly, Griff, with just saying like, yeah, I'm Brandon Young and these are the things that I'm struggling with. Yeah. It's uh, it goes back to the, I don't know if the law of attraction or whatever else it is, but if you, if you put it out there in the universe, the universe conspires to make it happen. 
right? And if you say, I'm going <laughs> to seek, I'm going to seek resolution by stating these things and it's going to make me feel better, right? You've already put yourself <laughs> into the mindset that as soon as you state those feelings and you put them out of the universe and you'll, you'll be vulnerable, you're going to start feeling better. And it's just funny how the way it always works out. So, so what was your, how did you overcome it? What was the, the pivotal moment or the, or the inspiration or the, or the moment that you said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. What was, was there a, a tipping point at all? I think there was. And, and, you know, I, I, I kind of frame it within, th- there was kind of like three distinct categories that helped me move the needle and the, and it's, environment, people, and personality. And, and so to kind of touch on each one of these, like in terms of personality, I, I've just, I've never been the guy who, you know, shied away if there was, you know, something that, that, you know, that I felt needed to be said, uh, quite frankly, like my mother, she, she loves pulling out this little three by five card every time I come home and showing me the, the three by five card that my teacher gave her that said, Brandon was very good today. He kept his mouth shut all day long. And, uh, and that was my status check for the day. Uh, so, so I've always, I've always had the, you know, the kind of, you know, the, the personality and, you know, I, and I, and I genuinely, you know, believe of all the army values, you know, that personal courage was one that we all had to rely upon every single day and not just the courage to, you know, whatever, you know, reach a building and, you know, go in and clear a room, but, you know, the courage to just say like, this is, this is, this is what's going on or, or to, you know, to, to call out, you know, an issue or something like that. So, you know, I think in terms of, you know, the personality, like I, it, it didn't sit well with me. There were many sleepless nights because I felt like I had something that was crawling at me. And then you, you have to have the right environment. You, you have to be safe, you know, you, and, and, and I think it's our responsibility as, you know, leaders within the veterans, you know, community and within our communities in, in itself to, to give people safety, to let them feel safe, to safety, to know that, you know, they can be who they are and, and we will accept them as, as is who they are, not tolerate them because, you know, tolerate uh, implies judgment on the back end or tolerance implies judgment on the back end, but to just accept them and accept that, you know, we're going to do some things and, you know, we're going to make mistakes, you know, and we're, we're, we're going to learn from it and then we're going to drive on. And then finally is, you know, is I had a lot of, I have a lot of, you know, people that are very supportive in my life. I have a very close support structure um, and good mentors that, you know, really kind of consistently came back to, um, you know, this is important and this needs to be heard. And, you know, encouraging me and, you know, just just being there with me to kind of put those words, uh, put them out. And, and that's kind of been my process is I, I typically have a, a pretty close circle of folks that I'll send a, a rough cut to, um, you know, to, to get their perspective. Uh, I'll, I'll send a, a cut out to some to some leaders that I respect, uh, such as uh, yourself. I sent you a copy of, um, you know, a message from your RIP instructor prior to publishing it because I you know, I, I really value, you know, the perspective of leaders like you and others, you know, in the space to say, yeah, you know, like this is spot on and, and let's, you know, let's, let's get this rolling because it's necessary. Agreed. That's awesome. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, I always just look back to it as well. And I think it's, it's good for guys like you, you're, you know, rip instructor, you know, Sergeant first class in the Ranger regiment, combat experience, you know, you've got the bona fides, you got the street cred, right? And if, 
if it's somebody that doesn't have as much street cred as you comes up and states a point, it's usually not given as, as much weight or merit. But when you know a person of your experience and, and knowledge and skill set comes up and says, no, this is a challenge, we need to address this, people tend to pay attention and listen. And so I'm always super appreciative of guys like you who stand up and, 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 and put that out there. So thank you very much for doing that. Well, I, I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, it, it's, to me, it came down to a matter of, I, I felt like it was a responsibility. Yeah. And I feel like it's a responsibility. And, and, and I tell guys all the time, it's your story. You can do whatever with it that you want, you know, but I would encourage you to, you know, see how you can use your story, you know, to impact and to better others, to pick others up, to lift others up, to inspire them. And so I appreciate that feedback, Griff. Yeah, we rise by lifting others, right? Is it that Ingersoll quote? I think what it is. Amen. Yeah. So uh, let's go on to the the positive things here. So what do you think your secret to success is? <laughs> That's a hard one to answer. Um, <laughs> so I, I think one of the biggest secrets to my success is I try to live a life of focus. Um, and I try to, you know, give both myself and others permission to focus, which I think is really important in this, you know, this world that we live in. It's, you know, of, of constant technology. It's very easy to get lulled into the seduction of productivity and, you know, start running roughshod in a thousand different directions. But I try to stay focused um, as it relates to, you know, my writing, anything that comes, you know, out of my mouth, anything I speak or whatever. I just, again, I, I try to tell my story. Uh, I try to, you know, walk with the voiceless, so to speak. And, and, and all I can do is, is share from my perspective and, and value that others have a different perspective and hear them out. Um, when it comes to business, you know, and, and matters that I do for team red, white, and blue, I'm, I'm extremely, um, you know, a big believer in self-referring organizations. So, you know, organizations that are operating in asymmetrical environments and, you know, uh, you know, there's constant challenges and, you know, constant inputs from all, you know, different directions is that the ones that are going to be successful are ones that are always anchored to their values, to their mission, um, you know, to, to what they're trying to achieve their vision. Cause when you can always kind of refer back to that, you, you're generally going to stay on course and, and be good understanding that you're going to flex, you know, in multiple different directions as you go but still staying true to who you are. So I, I would say focus. I like it. Yeah. It's uh, it's something I, I, I think most of us need to work on these days. It's you, like you said, it's so easy to get distracted, especially with all the technology that's in your pocket on your screens, rolling around the offices in your car at home. Focus does help. And I, I like the acronym for focus is follow one course until successful. F O C U S. It's, that's a, it's a big Beauty. one. I, I had that one written down there for a while. So are there, uh, are there any routines that you, that you have or maintain that you think contribute to your success? Yes, uh, 100%. So, you know, I, I kind of look at it as, you know, there's day-to-days, there's weekly, and, um, and routine is a huge part of my life. So for me, every single morning, the first thing I do is um, I get up and I spend about 20 or 30 minutes uh, in quiet time. Uh, first thing I do is I thank God for giving me another day and, you know, blessing me with the opportunities to, to do what I'm doing, to, to serve his children, to, to raise my kids, to be a husband, you know, to be alive. Um, I spend time in scripture. Uh, I spend time in prayer. 
Uh, and it's really just my, my quiet time to really kind of center things as, as the world is quiet. So too, you know, do I align myself, uh, you know, as an individual and then, um, you know, I, I kind of get into the day. I, I, I make sure that I carve out an hour for uh, a workout every single day, and, except for one day, you know, I rest. Uh, eating clean has been a big thing for me, um, you know, organic uh, fruits and vegetables uh, as best as we possibly can. We try to live a pretty clean, you know, eating lifestyle. And then, you know, really being present is, is a huge mega theme for routine. So that means when we're at the dinner table, we're present with each other. We're spending time with the family. Um, and then, you know, every Sunday is, you know, shut her down. That's when we, we do church, we rest, uh, we worship, we do nothing else and we recharge, uh, spend time as a family. And, uh, one of the last things that I started doing is I stopped looking at my phone 30 minutes to an hour before bedtime. And it has been magical. <laughs> oh, so guilty. So guilty. Uh, I know. <laughs> oh, oh, man. It's, 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 I find that the more and more of these podcasts I do, I feel like I'm being one-upped by peers and people that I look up to. And so, <laughs> so I'm going to be 31 minutes. Had <laughs> a boy. Uh, no, I feel you. I feel you. I was listening to I was listening to Blaine, who, as you know, is you know our executive director. I'm like, damn, he's throwing out freaking money right now on this podcast. I got to write this down, and I talk to this guy like five times a week. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny as I I started last week because uh, he inspired me to do it. Just get up, meditate, and journal. And I've been doing that every day. And I'm I'm literally looking down at my journal on my desk right now, and there's so much stuff that's crossed off on it. It's just unbelievable, right? So owning your Beauty. owning your mornings per Blaine Smith, and I'm trying to one up him there. So what they say, with the <laughs> Rangers don't run, we race. Is, is the uh, the That's line right. that I always remember? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Awesome, That's right, brother. That's right. So with that, man, where can people follow you? Yeah, so uh, I am not uh, spectacular on social media, but on Facebook, uh, I'm Brandon Young. On Twitter, I'm at b underscore young one four. Uh, you can typically see whatever I write on the Havoc Journal, and then you can follow what we're doing in the Eagle Nation at uh, Team Red, White, and Blue on Facebook and at Team RWB on Twitter. Yes, and I highly recommend if you guys haven't done so yet and you haven't tried out a Team RWB event in your local area, please go and do so. Uh, every time I've attended one of their events or, or hosted anything where a Team RWB member, RWB member has shown up, uh, it's it's been a huge value add and a plus in, in my day. So. I highly recommend Team RWB and what Brandon and Blaine and JJ and all those guys are over there are doing. So, do with that. Awesome. Uh, Thanks, brother. No worries. Well, Brandon, thank you for having, thank you for being on the Unarmed Forces podcast today. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm always inspired by what you're doing. Um, with that, we're out, guys. It's the Unarmed Forces podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs>